He says, we have the mind of Christ. Let's say it. I have the mind of Christ. So we'll, uh, we'll jump into that here in just a minute. Let's run through chapter uh, 9 or session 9 here on a passive mind. A passive mind is kind of just a laid back mind, isn't it? As we learned last week, just kind of not doing anything necessarily wrong, but just not doing anything, you know, Sometimes it's better to do something rather than just do nothing. So let's, let's look at it just for a quick minute here. Hosea 4, 6 tells us, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We need knowledge, don't we? We need knowledge. And, and again, uh, we can become passive in our quest for knowledge. I know when I first found the Lord, I was hungry, 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 dug, dug, dug into the word out on the creek bank me and three or four other young men that were called into ministry about the same time i was and so we uh, we we couldn't get enough of it it was sunday morning sunday night wednesday night and then sometimes we would meet at the church on an off night and uh, have devotions together so uh, number two passivity is the opposite of activity this is a dangerous problem because the world teaches us that we must be alert courteous and Active. First Peter 5, 8, that's the one I believe about the, your devil that goes around as your adversary seeking whom he may devour. So if you're passive about things, guess what? He gobble you up quick. We uh, preached on that just not too, too long ago, that very scripture. Number three, an empty passive mind can be easily filled with all kinds of wrong thoughts. Number four, the best way to keep wrong thoughts out of your mind is to keep your mind filled with right things. Amen? That's the antidote, isn't it? That's the serum we need. Amen? Instead of the other. Hallelujah. Luke eleven twenty four through 26 describes how an evil spirits once cast out of a person can return if the mind is kept empty or inactive. What do we need to fill our minds up with? The Word of God. Amen. Not soap operas, right? <laughs> and not Facebook. <laughs> Preaching where you live, where, I, where we all live tonight. Amen. Our mind is getting filled up with something every day. And again, it's very important that we check what we're feeding our mind. Garbage in is what? Garbage out. That's an old saying there that's been around probably since the 80s, but it's still very true today. It's very important what we put into our mind. All right, a passive person thinks he or she is, he or she is doing nothing wrong because they are doing nothing. <laughs> they're, they're just, uh, what's that old saying? The idle, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Somebody say it different? I've heard it two or three different ways. Playground, I've heard, I've heard the idle mind is the devil's playground. I've heard workshop. So I think in Oklahoma here, the way I've heard it the most is the idle mind is the devil's workshop. So... Anyway, he definitely uh, will try to sneak in there. A good definition of passivity is lack of desire, laziness, apathy, lukewarmness. Ooh, ouch. Everybody say, ouch. What does the Bible say about lukewarmness in Revelation? I'll spew you. God doesn't like it, does he? No. He wants us. Jesus was up and about the father's business wasn't he hallelujah the step to overcoming passivity in actions is to overcome it in the thoughts or the mind all right ephesians 4 22 through 24 reminds us that we are not what we used to be oh glory to god say i've been changed hallelujah we must put off the old nature and be renewed in the attitude of our minds. Ephesians 4 talks about that very thing. Amen. And we spent some time there last week. Colossians 3. That's the one where it says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where 
Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on what? Things above and not on things of this earth. For you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So it says, it instructs us to set our minds on things above, not on the earthly things. This means concentrating on the eternal. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, see the big picture is what the secular world would say, right? But it's the, the eternal is even bigger than the big picture, right? <laughs> it's big, big, big. Hallelujah. But we get, man, doesn't the enemy love to just get you focused on some little thing that just, you know, you later look back at it at the end of the day and why in the world did I waste my time thinking about that? Man, it's, but he loves to do that. So we need to set our minds on eternal things rather than the temporal. And lastly, right actions begin with right thinking. Hallelujah. In fact, I'm going to read this tonight. You may want to write this down. It's not on your handout, but here's a little saying. I like this. Watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. And watch your character it becomes your destiny. Pretty strong, amen? It's important to catch it quick. Catch it quick in our thought life. So that's kind of what we're going to do tonight is go into the Christ-centered mind. It's chapter 15 in your book. If you want to... Yes? I missed last week, but I listened to the podcast. Awesome. Right? says that in Matthew 25 45 and it's the parable of the talents and you know he gives the talents to but they had that one passive guy that buried his talent and every sin was a sin of omission not commission it was every sin was of passivity in as much as I thirsted you didn't give me a drink in as much as I needed this it was someone who was just simply passive and then it follows up that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Throw him into outer darkness. So I think it's a little more serious than we might think. Eternal things. Exactly. Exactly. We better be about the Father's business, hadn't we? Amen. Because we did talk about sins of omission and sins of commission. So, yeah, there, Terry, Terry was listening. Hallelujah. Tuning in. And, and I, I want to encourage you. You know, we don't probably say this enough. We don't take time in our services to mentioned that any time of day night or when anything that's done here at the house you can go to our podcast and listen to it driving down the road in the midnight hour when you can't sleep just whenever so uh take advantage of that if you don't have it set up on your phone uh we, we can we can show you how okay it's uh teddy and some of them have put this together for our benefit it's not video it's just audio so everybody everybody understands podcast right <laughs> just audio. The mind of Christ. The scripture we just quoted a while ago when I mentioned when I had y'all say we have the mind of Christ is 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 6. Let me get some of this stuff out of the way here. The mind of Christ. Do you think Christ had a good mind? <laughs> I think so. Amen. I, I know so. Hallelujah. But Paul says here. For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and the purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, the feelings, and the purposes of his heart. Something happens in your heart, in your DNA, in your spiritual DNA, when you invite Jesus Christ into your heart and life. Everything changes, does it not? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 lets us know that. You know, if any man be, be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. So he also talks about, here she does in her book, and back in the Old Testament, Ezekiel prophesied that instead of having all the law and stuff written out on scrolls and manuscripts, eventually it's going to be something, it's going to be written in our heart, is it not? And Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, says that very 
thing here. If we can read that right now. Did I get it? Yeah, it's on there in the King James. There it is. And a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away that stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Remember the old song, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joys we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Does the Lord walk with you and talk with you and live inside of you? That's what Ezekiel was prophesying. And lo and behold, here we are living it out. He saw it, didn't he? Down through the ages, he saw this day when Christ would do that. And it's been happened for uh, 2,000 plus years. Amen. People have been able to walk with God, walk in the knowledge of God, have his perfect peace and his guidance if we choose to. Amen. Every day. I think it's important that we choose to have the mind of Christ. She gives an example here on page uh, 162. It's a page over in the, in the book here. She, she talks about, and it's kind of like getting offended. Anybody ever got offended about something? It, it can happen, can it? Are we sensitive? Probably, we didn't have a chapter on offenses, did we? But anyway, it, it can happen. I think, you know, as we get older, sometimes uh, little things can take us off. They shouldn't, right, in the, in the body of Christ, but it can happen. She said, I... She said, let's say I'm thinking about an injustice I suffered because of another person, and I begin to get angry. You see it's starting to build up? I'm thinking about it, and that person offended me. They said this. They said that. I start thinking about how much I dislike that individual, you know, blah, blah, blah. If I am discerning, I will notice that I am being filled with death. I am getting upset, tense, stressed out. I may even be experiencing physical discomfort, headache, stomach pain, Undue fatigue may be the fruit of my, what? Wrong thinking. On the other hand, if I'm thinking how blessed I am and how good God has been to me, I'll also discern that I'm being filled with life. Is it important to quickly turn that situation around, turn that thought life around? So she, she starts here. We're going to talk about several things here in this chapter. But number one, it's a list of things to do that, will help us flow in the mind of Christ. Number one, think positive thoughts. This is not mind over matter, right? This is just, instead of, can anybody find the negative in a situation? Man, it's easy to find the negative, isn't it? But aren't you glad when someone walks into the room or walks up and you know, you're sitting on the side of the road and got a flat tire, and all you're seeing right now is I'm late for work, I've got to get this tire fixed, I've got to, uh, 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 and your mind's just blown away by it. I had a, speaking of tires, I had a situation yesterday that really tried pastor's patience. How many know pastor's not known for patience? <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I am still learning in that. I don't pray for it, believe me. <laughs> I've learned better than that but uh, uh the trial of your faith works patience but i was trying to be nice to to my wife and take her car in she needed two new front tires and so i called and yeah we can get you in about 9 30 okay i said how long probably about an hour and a half okay that's not too bad i can rearrange you know and that'll be fine an hour and a half in uh i walk up no it's still sitting out there and uh so uh i, th I thought well do what I said. I'll just walk over here to Fuzzy's Taco. It's not. I'm giving away the name of the tire company now. <laughs> it's not far away. I'll just walk over here to Fuzzy's Taco. He's Taco. And I said, "You'll have it ready." Oh yeah, yeah. We'll two and a half hours. I walk back, and it's still sitting in the same spot. And so, you know, I didn't. I didn't throw a fit, but I just walked in. I said, "Is my car ready?" And they said, "No, I haven't got it in yet." But I think you're probably about next. I said. Well, you know what? I said, now you're, now you're into my time. You know, I allocated an hour and a half, but I have to go to Kingfisher. I have a job, and now you're into my time. And I said, I can't sit and be here three and a half hours just to get two tires. 
you know, put on my car. But I said, if you'll give me my keys, I'm out of here. And I was, you know, I was, I wasn't mad and slammed the door, didn't get hateful, but I, I just said, uh, thank you. And I actually, you know, well, can I tell it what I really said? I said, thank you for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Wow, yeah. Anyway, I, they're, they're, they're going to be out of business before long. But anyway, I, I did say a little something a little bit tacky, and I, I, I got to driving to Kingfisher, and I thought about it. And I, you know, I just kind of had, had already been studying that morning about this book. I just started praising God. I started praising God, and I, I told Paula I'd had lunch with her, so I told her about it, because she called and said, Dad, discount tire will match any price. I said, really? She said, yeah. So I, the Holy Spirit just said, call them. So I called them, and they had a set. You know, this, these two were 324, you know, there at, at Hibden, and now I'm really telling it. And uh, anyway, the ones that they had at discount was 420-something dollars, and I said, well, now, it's a 55,000-mile tire there, and yours is a 65. He said, he thought I said, I said, they're going to do it for 324. He said, yeah, we'll do it for 374. He thought I said 384. And I said, no, sir, I said 324. I said, maybe you have something, you know, in the 55,000-mile range. He said, I'll tell you what, we're just going to bless you with that. Today you can have the 65,000-mile tire for 321. I said, woo, hallelujah. So, so God can turn, he can turn a bad day around can he just just by praising him giving him glory and not see i could have dwelled on that all day it could have run my day and uh again there you go there you go amen hallelujah god knew all along didn't he god knew all along and it's a better tire i like the brand name better anyway <laughs> isn't god good hallelujah so if anyone's here related to someone from Hibden, I apologize, but just, yeah, it used to be great, but, okay, so, <laughs> think positive thoughts, Amos 3.3, and I don't think we put this on the overhead, but it says, do two walk together, except they make an appointment and have agreed, hallelujah, is it important to come in agreement, praise God with the mind of Christ, Christ was a positive person, was he not? Hallelujah. Very positive. Everywhere he went, spreading love and joy and encouragement. Uh, and so she says here, enough can never be said about the power of being positive. And, and I want to stop here just for a minute. It's, it's very important, I think, to be around positive people, too. Amen. Can people ruin your day? They can literally, you know, negative, 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 and it can definitely affect you so let's let's do a couple of our questions here before we get too far along here as christians we have a new nature first corinthians 2 16 that was our opening scripture tells us we have the mind of christ to flow in the mind of christ we must think positive thoughts and engage and this is what just made me think of this engage in positive conversations it's not only that person being positive that you're around, but how about you? How about you? Can you look for a chance to inject some positivity in the situation? Well, I know you got a flat, but the other three are okay. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're round and, and aired up, and, you know, you're still alive, and your car, you know, is not wrecked, and, and you know, just kind of, Huh? And you have a car. Hello. That's right. Amen. That's, that's a big blessing right, right there. So Jesus, it says, here's the example it gives, certainly displayed a positive outlook and attitude. He endured many difficulties, including personal attacks, being lied about, being deserted by his disciples when he needed them the most. Can you remember that? Being made fun of, being lonely, misunderstood, host of other discouraging things yet in the midst of all these negatives he remained positive he knew his mission didn't he hallelujah he always had an uplifting comment an encouraging word he always gave hope to all those 
that he came near. Remember the woman they were ready to stone? He said, I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't, but you know, God has a better plan for your life. Go and sin no more. But I'm not here to condemn you or put you down. Just know that there's a better life. He gave them hope, didn't he? Hope. Praise God. So the mind of Christ in us is positive. Let's look at Psalms chapter 3, 3. I love this scripture. It says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I have literally prayed that before when my head was hanging down. Why is my, you know, David would, would pray that sometimes. Why is my soul cast down? Life can do that to you. It can make your head hang low, you know, different scenarios, different circumstances that happen in our life. But this one right here, is, I, I would say that, Lord, you're my joy and the lifter of my head. You're my joy and the lifter. And you say that about ten times, and all of a sudden, you start feeling a whole lot better in your spirit. Hallelujah. So God wants to lift, lift us up. The devil wants to press us down. Now we're going to look at the depression. We're going to talk about depression some a little bit tonight. Let's look at that word, depress. It's question number three on your handout. God wants to lift you up. We just said that. The devil wants to press us down. Depress means to sink or press below the surrounding level. Does the devil want to do that? Down, 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 down. Way down. As far down as he can push you. He just keeps pushing. He keeps shoving. The more you dwell on something, the longer it seems that it hangs around. Uh, and in fact, I wrote that here, and I think she did too. I wrote it in a different place. The longer depression is allowed to remain, the harder it becomes to resist. Are you with me? I have done some counseling in my lifetime of some people that have gone through depression and again it can it can try to hang around for a long long time but it's so important and we're going to look at some steps tonight that I believe will will send depression packing amen and then and the, the text is going to be Psalms 143 if you've gone through de depression and you've overcome it praise God for you something you, something's happened in your life to dig you out of that because I've seen people like I said that if they get there and it's like a hole. They can't. They 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 try, but the enemy just keeps those same thought patterns, and he shoves them back down, down, down. So these are some steps tonight we're going to look at in Psalms. Let's let's just go ahead and read this whole uh, passage here. All these seven or eight verses here. The enemy has persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He has made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsts after thee as a thirsty land. Selah. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be likened to them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know thy way, the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I flee unto you to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Can you see a little bit of what's going on here? There's a little bit in, in a couple verses. He's, he's spiraling down, but then he's coming back up. He said, I'm praising the Lord. But then he's going, and that's the way depression is sometimes. People that I have counseled and talked to, it's, sometimes they can do some things, read some scripture, get some praise tape going and have a good day or two but then you know, here comes that dark cloud rolling in again so let's let's look at these seven or eight things here tonight number one she says identify the nature and cause of the problem i'll tell you who the main cause is we have an enemy 
that wars against our soul, <clears throat> excuse me, that wants to keep us down, down. It says here in verse 3, 4, the enemy has pursued and persecuted my soul. Here's a big word. He has crushed my life down to the ground. He has made me to dwell in <clears throat> dark places as those who have been long dead. Dwelling in dark places certainly sounds to me like a description of someone who is depressed. And again, we talked about, notice that the attacker is who? The devil. He's the one causing all of this despair and gloom and darkness. So first of all, we've got to identify and recognize the nature and the cause of the problem. Something is causing it. Amen? Our mind usually is focusing on all the negativity and all the stuff that's going on around us. Number two, recognize that depression steals life and light. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed and faints within me. It's wrapped in glue. My heart within my bosom grows numb. Depression oppresses a person's spiritual freedom and power. And I actually wrote in here, not only does it oppress, but it subdues. It subdues, ties you up. Our spirit, empowered and encouraged by God's spirit, is powerful and free. Therefore, Satan seeks to oppress its power and liberty by filling our mind with darkness and gloom. Anybody remember uh, Hee Haw? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. What was that guy's name? I can't remember, but yeah, it was, huh? Yeah, yeah, gloom, despair. Yeah. Agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it wasn't for if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair. Agony on me. Yeah, that's man, sing that song about three times and you'll be down, won't you? It was it was kind of funny on Hee Haw the way they did it. There'd be no long eared floppy dog laying up there on the stage or something and uh but, you know, that's the enemy. He wants to fill our mind with darkness, gloom. And, and she said it's vital to resist that feeling called depression. Immediately upon sensing its arrival, the longer, and she says it here, it's allowed to remain, the harder it becomes to resist. We've got to get on it quick. Quick. Because if not, it's going to just lead to days and days and weeks and weeks weeks turn into months and months can turn into the into years there's there's a lot of people that you know uh have walked into uh depression for many years and and you know i, I have a degree in psychology so i know what psychologists do they prescribe you with some medicine that kind of just chills you out you know just just keeps you kind of, you know, it's either a, uh, something to kind of relax you or whatever where you don't think and, and all that. And then sometimes it's something to kind of, you know, motivate you a little bit. You get on a, a host of different drugs, and before long, you're just a walking zombie, you know. And, and God does not want, if you're a believer in Christ, God does not want you living in depression. Everything I can read, this, this chapter right here pretty much, you know, tells me that I've got to get out of it. Whatever I have to do, I've got to get out of it. Climb out of that hole. Amen? In the name, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jeanette. Anyway, I was going through a divorce. I, my self-esteem dropped so low I didn't know what to do. felt like I could do nothing right. And I would lay at night, or whenever I'd go, I'd go to work, I'd come home, go straight to bed. I didn't want to take a bath. I, didn't, I could tell I was getting deeper and deeper into depression. I laid one night with a gun beside my head. Um, I took pills, which I didn't have very many pills because I wasn't on many medicines, so what I would have taken wouldn't have killed me anyway. 
Finally, I went to a pastor in town and talked to him, told him what I was going through. I came to Oklahoma to see my uh, family. When I got back the next Sunday to go to church, the pastor wasn't there, and I found out that he had run off with his secretary. So, you know, great advice I got from him. Uh, anyway, I finally got so low that I decided one night to just go check my in, myself into the hospital. So I, had, I called a friend. She drove me to Lubbock, Texas. I checked myself into a mental hospital and told them what I was facing. And, of course, the first thing they did was put me on medication to get me out. And I'm not knocking that because at that time, that's praying did me no good because I couldn't concentrate to even pray. And anyway, long story short, I, the medicine kind of helped me get out of depression. I was on it, I believe, three months. And one day I just was praying. I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I refuse to live in depression. I refuse to keep taking medicine. I refuse. And God lifted me out of that depression. There are days when I get down and I kind of get discouraged. But I will never, ever allow myself to go that deep again. Because what happened to me, if the best way I can describe it, I was in deep in a well. And it was like the sides had grease all over them. And the more that I tried to climb out, the farther down I slid. And it's a, it's a miserable, miserable place to be in. And so if you ever see me and I'm just not, you know, not real going or whatever, I'm not trying to be stuck up. Sometimes I'm just maybe having one of those days. I'm tired. or I'm, But I will not allow myself to get depressed ever again. Amen. Amen dug out of that hole amen praise god and there was you know i've i've never been a depressed individual myself but i had again during a rough patch in my life i had a few months of this myself so i do have sympathy and empathy i guess is a better better word for people that have had depression or are dealing with depression kind of piggyback on what Janelle was saying um a lot of the the girls that we had and just teen challenge in general a lot of the the folks um have been on like medications and things like that and I think that what my I'll say my my 10 years of experience in that tells me is that it's not necessarily a bad thing to need it for a second no different than chemo for cancer you know, there's nothing wrong with using it for a minute, but it's when it condemns you to be on it for the rest of your life that, you know what I mean? Because we would say, kind of like Janelle was saying, because we'd say, we, got, we have a new girl in, we need to get her out of the woods. Let's, let's get her out of the woods, you know? And as soon as she was out of the woods and she was thinking clearly, you know, then, then man, let the Holy Spirit rain down, you know, because sometimes you just... My, my thing is, and I just, I, I like to, to just be real clear on this, God can heal us in whatever, the, whatever way he pleases, and sometimes that is through a miraculous placing of the hands on somebody, and sometimes that's through a doctor with some medication to help for a little while, but healing can come in multiple facets. You know, my son experiences a severe neurological disability that affects his frontal lobe and his amygdala. I am believing every single day that my child will be healed. But until he has that personal relationship with Christ and he can experience that healing, for now he's medicated. You know what I mean? So I just think it's really important that we, that we see it from, from all the different sides. We can't put God in a box. We have to understand that he's going he's to heal us and we're going to have to walk through whatever tumultuous, hard time. I refer to, de to depression as quicksand because it, it just grabs you by the feet and the harder you fight it, the harder it pulls you down, exactly like what Janelle was saying. But um, I just wanted to kind of add my two cents on that one. Both have said, you know, quicksand down in a pit with walls that's slick and you can't get out. It, it just keeps, as we said at the very start, spiraling down, down, down. Let me know the devil will always take you farther than you want to go, regardless whether it's depression or whatever sin it may be. It will just keep getting worse and worse and worse. So, again, we... We here at the house want people living above, amen, and not beneath. And we're going to pray for them, amen. We're going to stand shoulder to shoulder with them, help them, encourage them, uh, talk to them, give them scripture, books, whatever we can do to get them out because God does not want you living 
in fear and depression and uh, all of the things that come along with that. So, number three, we go, in, go into verse number five. He says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your doings. I ponder the work of your hands. So now he's kind of trying to come out, isn't he? I remember. So number three is remember the good times. Is that important? How many of you have good memories here tonight of things in your life? Amen. How many? There are some bad things. Amen. It's life, isn't it? But what I focus on can affect me in my daily walk with God. Amen. It can affect me and have great... I can choose to think on all the things I've done wrong in my life, all the mistakes, all the failures, or I can begin to think on, well, you know, hey, I helped that person. I had an opportunity to do this or do... Do that and being, and even just think about being, one thing I do is think about being a youth pastor or a pastor or some people's lives that I know were changed by our ministry. Amen? So you just start thinking on good things and having, you know, there, of course, there's always someone that'll come along and try to slam you down a little more. When you're down, it's amazing who the enemy will send by your way to try to, you know, discourage you a little more. We as Christians have got to be encouragers instead of discouragers. Amen? Come on, church. Hallelujah. So we remember the good times. He started thinking about, and, and another thing I do is think about some services where the power of God and was so strong and prevalent. So remembering, meditating, pondering are all functions of the mind. He obviously knows that his thoughts will affect his feelings. Will your thoughts affect your feelings? Yes. So he gets busy thinking about the kind of things that will help him overcome the attack upon his mind so number four praise the lord in the midst of the trouble how can i do that preacher well just raise your hand up here let me show you <laughs> just raise your hand up and start saying oh i love you jesus i praise you jesus god has not given me a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind and then you just start quoting some some psalms or whatever god puts in your spirit but you just you make yourself do that. You cause yourself to do that. Amen. Get your mind in heavenly Colossians 3. We talked about a while ago. Set your affections on things above. Did you have something you want to say? Yeah, I was talking about remembering and about um, tribulations and stuff. And then I was, the scripture came to my mind about rejoicing tribulations. Knowing that, obviously, when we're going through, the flesh doesn't want to rejoice. The flesh wants to complain criticized and just lord get me out of this because we don't like pain we don't like suffering we don't like to see other people having to go through but the scripture said rejoice in tribulation knowing that i i agree with pastor when he said that i don't pray for patience because i told my wife said you need more patience so i was like lord give me more patience then i said every time i ask the lord for more patience he sends me more problems i said lord i don't, <laughs> I don't want no more patience because i don't want to go through anything but knowing that tribulation work is patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And as you go through these things, the same things that used to used to stumble upon, you, you find yourself having more strength. And then as, you, as we grow in this walk, that's how we become more stronger in Christ. It's through those tribulations. And then, not only that, but it's also letting us know that when we see other people, because you can have a walk and be closer to Christ, but just because you're closer to Christ that's, does not mean that you condemn somebody else because they were struggling with something. You're like, well, why is it taking you 10 years to get over it? Everybody gets over things at their own pace. It's their life. We have to try to help them, let them know that God loved them and that we love them. And that's our slogan, people loving people. But that's how we are going to draw people into this church. That's how we're going to spread the, the word of God. We're going to preach the truth to them, but at the same time, we're going to let them know that we love them. It don't matter if, if it's drugs, if it's depression, if it's something, whatever it is, if it's the battle in the mind, wherever it is, you're going to get through that, and we're going to be beside you hand in hand, foot in foot, making sure that we all make it onto this great ship of Zion. Woo, that's good. Hallelujah. Love that. Good word. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we just praise the Lord, don't we? We just keep trucking, praising the Lord. He said, I spread forth my hands to you, my soul thirst after you like a thirsty land for water. Pause and calmly think on that. So, again, the importance of 
praise. You know, one thing I learned as a young man, you know, of course, being a musician and singer, it, you know, that praise has always been in my spirit since I was probably 12 or 14 uh, years old. And it's, it's helped me so many times in my life. I used to, uh, when we pastored a, a larger church in Hobbs, New Mexico, I kept a guitar, literally, in my office. And when things were going bad and people were too many... Uh, things coming in at once on me, I would just close the door, tell my secretary, you know, I am, I'm, I'm going to have me a praise session here. I'd get on my guitar and just sit there and play on that thing and sing till I got the, the victory back down in my spirit. So praise is so important. In Jeremiah 2.13, I like this right here. I can't remember if I put that on the overhead or not. It's in your book, though. The Lord said, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain, everybody say fountain, of living waters, and they've hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns which cannot hold water. Is there a difference, church, between a cistern and a fountain? Big difference. Big. Huh? Control thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a cistern is just, is just a dugout pit, is it not? It's, it's, it stores rainwater, basically. And I can remember years ago, uh, this tells how old I am, but I would go out to see my uncles there when I was 10 years old and help sometimes with the hay patch. And anybody ever hauled hay? It, it's long, hard, hot work. But he, he had a cistern there beside behind his house. And rainwater would collect in it, plus occasionally, you know, if it was really dry, they'd have to call a truck to come out, and they'd put... But I can remember, and this, again, tells how old I am, we had a rope with a bucket on it. You'd throw that old bucket down in there and flop it one time where it'd fill up, and then you pulled it up out of there. They even had an outhouse, okay? This was back in 1960s, I guess it, I guess it was. But, you know, me, I want to go to the fountain, don't you? It's fresh. And cleansing, and uh, why drink water from a cistern, amen? When you can drink from the fountain of life, hallelujah, praise God. So he said, I, uh, I'm not happy with you. They've committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of life, and they've turned over and, and, and started uh, trying to find another source, another source. Anybody else want to jump in here on this? I th- you, you know, you said it, it. it's faith is what makes the difference. And the, the fountain, it's that other source, you know, that we're tapping into. The cistern is just, you know, what we can collect. And he even said they're leaky cisterns. But the fountain, you know, Holy Spirit is our supply. But when you said faith, that's, that's the key. And, and that's when it turned for you, Janelle. You know, you get temporary relief from doctors and medicine and stuff like that. That's all great. But when you made up your mind, and faith is a choice. And you spoke those words. You made. I'm not going to allow myself to go this low. That's what we have to do. And and even in the situation I was thinking with your your child, you know, we went through that with Tiffany. She was just a little girl. It's not so much because now it's relying on your faith. It's not up to it. So it's a matter of faith for you. And when Tiffany had that brain tumor, you know, uh, Pam prayed all night long, pleading with God, a cancerous brain tumor, and it was gone the next day miracle the doctors confirmed it and uh i just wanted to throw in this is a good time because it's it's a choice and choices sometimes require big time discipline and we're undisciplined usually if you're like me and that's when prayer and fasting come in real strong especially the fasting added to the prayer constant prayer again brian's delivery he wouldn't he would be dead now if Pam hadn't heard from the Lord and fasted for 10 days and prayed her guts out. But, I mean, you know, faith will move a mountain. All things are possible with faith. Even with the child who can't believe for themselves, you can step in and make it happen through faith in, in that fount. Amen. 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 This is good tonight, isn't it? Wow, I love it when y'all jump in there. And, and I, I knew I could tell the Holy Spirit was churning in him back there. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to stick to the fountain, aren't you? Praise God. We're going to close with uh, this next one here. Uh, ask for God's help. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, answer, and I will answer thee, and I'll show you great and mighty things. Church, we got to call upon him. As Terry just said, man, when, when, when you've come to, you know, sometimes it takes drawing a line in the sand, doesn't it? Devil, you've taken all you're going to take. I, I've told the story of one of David's mighty men, how that he drew a, a line and said, you're not taking any more of my peas. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're in the middle of my pea patch, and you're not taking any more of them. He drew the line, and that day I think he slew, what, a thousand people that day with his sword? And uh, again, sometimes it just takes that, that's, you know, I, I realize depression is a terrible, terrible thing, but it can and will be conquered by believers in Christ. There is no doubt. I've, I've no testimonies of people that have come. Well, some here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Did you have something again? All right. Yeah. I was, I was talking a little bit about it before, but I was going to share with you guys. Um, so without going into like all of the things, because we'll be here till next Wednesday, but um, <laughs> I always got drama, y'all, <laughs> but no, um, so the last few months have been really rough for my family, and back in December, I had reached a particular low for the first time in a long time, and I mean, just for the sake of being real, um, I was done, and I was crying in the bathroom, and basically saying, okay, well, you know, either get me out of it or just bring me home because I'm done. I'm done doing all this. I don't want to. I don't want to participate in it anymore. And um, I just I had the little bathroom door shut and I was real upset. And um, God usually it, the Holy Spirit. It's usually more audible for me when He speaks to me. Usually because I need to shh for a minute and, and listen. Um, but he actually uh, gave me a vision for the first time, and it was me sitting at the dining table there in Jonathan's parents' house, because we were staying with them at the time, and it, I, was, uh, I had a paper Bible in front of me and a journal, a highlighter, and a pen, because I have this real bad habit of always using uh, devotionals that I can pick and choose and cherry pick to make me feel better about myself, and... So he was just like, this is your healing. This is what's going to bring you out of this. This is what you need to do. And so I went out the next day. I bought a paper Bible because all my stuff was still in Kansas. All I had was my phone with me in law, and I didn't have a Bible um, other than, like, you version on my phone. And uh, went, went and bought the little NIV Bible, went next door and got a journal, and, and immediately started doing what he said. And instantaneously I started to feel better just because I was getting the word in my head, you know, I had shut the word out, you know, and, um, I was just going to sit and feel sorry about myself. And so I did that and I, things just got better and better. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I was receiving my, I was, I was taking my daily medicine, right? I was, I was getting my dose of the word every day. Well, about what, a month ago, I started a new job where I'm working in the mornings and I don't enjoy mornings. And so, um, instead of, being faithful to what God told me to do to receive my healing, literally in my face, showed me a video mentally of getting better. I still didn't do it. And so I've missed the last couple of weeks. And last week, I had such a severe panic attack that I came in for the minister's class, and my heart rate was up in the 130s, had been for a long time. I ended up in the emergency room that night. Thankfully, all of y'all that were there prayed over me, and my symptoms had, sub had subsided because there's power in those prayers. But it's because I wasn't taking my medicine. It's because I was not diving in and doing what I was supposed to do, what the Lord literally told me to do. So I made a commitment to behave myself and do what I was supposed to do. Again, instantaneous relief. I mean, just just already better. So I, I felt myself. I felt the quicksand grabbing at my ankles again. But the minute I sat down and did what he told me to do, you know, the, the enemy has no choice but to let go. He has no power here, you know. So I just wanted to share that. That's right. Perspective. I'm always preaching to myself. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Does it take some discipline? It takes some discipline. Does it? That's, that's right. 
stick with it. Anything I think good is going to, you know, change is not easy. But with God's help, I still believe Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What a great scripture to end on. Amplified says, who infuses me with more than enough power, hallelujah, to conquer anything. So through Christ, I have the mind of Christ. Amen. We started with that. We're ending with that. You have the mind of Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the mind of Christ. And he wants to occupy your mind. Don't slam the door on him. Amen. Leave the door open for him. You feel, you know, if, if you leave the devil no room, amen, he can't stay around if you've got your mind filled with, with, with Christ. Whatever it takes, praise tapes, scripture, uh, devotions, on and on. Amen. Praise God. Did you want to say something? Okay. Yeah, just one second. You're going to sing for us? Hey, this is a rare treat. I can't sing, but we were just talking about medicine and stuff. And like over here in my head, it was just like my pastor back home used to always sing. Y'all, you know the song is, come on to his room. Oh, come on to his room. Oh, Jesus is my doctor, and he writes out all of my prescriptions, and he gives me all of my medicine in his room. Oh, come on to his room. Oh, come on to his room. King Jesus is my doctor, and he writes out all of my prescriptions, and he gives me all of my medicine in his room. (laughs) Praise God. Man, I can just see his church singing that, getting down, with an organ, too. Yes, hallelujah. Let's stand. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This has been awesome tonight. We will finish up. There's about three more points on, uh, on depression and overcoming depression. This has been so good tonight. Praise God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your word tonight, God. We, we are winning the battle in our mind. We're shutting the door on all the negative things the enemy wants to put there. We give him no room. We give him no place, no opportunity, no advantage. He is defeated in the mighty name of Jesus. We have the mind of Christ, and we keep the mind of Christ in all situations and all things that are happening in our life. Lord, as we leave here today, Lord, there will be people tomorrow. Something will come up against them. The enemy will try some little tactic, some little thing to get their mind drifting away, Lord, but I thank you that instantly, Lord, they rear up and say, I have the mind of Christ. We are not going there. I'm keeping my mind focused on Jesus. I'm going to have a good day. I choose to live above and not beneath in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak it. I declare it over this body in the name of Jesus. Lord, they are victorious. They are more than conquerors through you that love them. You gave yourself for them. We walk out this every day in our lives, Lord, we live above in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Great God. Think on good things.